Psalm 119. Psalm 119, starting at verse 121. I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. Be surety for thy servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. And so we are on page six. We're on item number D, and this is, of course, um, number five, which is seeking his understanding to do his will. So the blanks are on page five, seeking his understanding to do his will. That's verse 125. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. And so we're on letter D. We count on God's grace helping us when we seek it from him because it's his will. And so, we, again, it's, it's give me understanding. So that's a desire. Lord, help me understand. And then it, specifically from a servant's perspective, Lord, help me understand what you want me to do. That should be every Christian's perspective. Lord, what do you want me to do? How am I supposed to serve you? Help me to do it. And so, uh, again, letter D is we can count on God's grace helping us when we seek it from him because it's his will. And there, it's there in your notes, First John 4, 1 John 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, what, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And so this, this verse is specifically about the confidence you can have when you ask anything according to his will. And so if you are a child of God and you want to serve God and you ask something about how, how, Lord, do you want me to serve? Now, the, again, you know, there's so much of us that have so much of selfishness. And listen, it's you don't have to be a particularly bad person to have a selfish perspective. The truth is, is we all have it by default. <laughs> and so, the, you know, if we can get that out of the way enough to say, Lord, help me to be the man, the woman that you want me to be. Now, if you ask God that, he's going to help. Look at what it says. If the, uh, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, what, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired him. It doesn't mean we know how he's going to answer. We just know he's going to answer. And specifically, listen, he has told us that we are to serve him. He has told us there are, you know, I, I thought I was thinking earlier today about how so many people, you know, say, why well, I, I can't understand the Bible. I can't understand God's will. I can't listen. <laughs> Even if you don't know specifics, we do know plenty of things. Listen, the Bible is filled with some concrete things, right and wrong, black and white. There is plenty there that you can find out what to do and what not to do. The problem is a great deal of us don't want to know. Even if you don't admit it to yourself, there's so many of us that are just unwilling to surrender our hearts to God. And I realize I'm talking to the Wednesday night crowd. <laughs> so your thought is, hey, Brother Brett, why, get, why do I get both barrels of the shotgun? <laughs> I'm talking about human nature. We need it. Listen, the truth is, is the problem most of the time for us as born again Christians is surrendering. 
Lord, help me be the man that you want me to be. Because listen, this life is short. It's a very short period of time. The Bible says in James, or is it John? I can't remember. Our life is as a vapor. It's for here for an instant. And I realize we wake up every day. We, we go to a job. It feels like you're toiling. And listen, but that time, you can ask anybody here. <laughs> time goes faster and faster as you get older. Amen. <laughs> anyway, my point is, is you can wake up one day and 30 years have passed. You can wake up another day. 50 years have passed. You can wake up another day. 70, 80. We don't want our lives to be wasted. Listen, folks, there will be nothing but regret if you wake up someday and know that you could have served God. And it begins with, Lord, make me the man you want me to be today. And again, that we have again, you wake up in the morning. Selfishness is already there. It's already there. And so we have to ask God, Lord, help me not to be selfish. Help me to be the person you want me to be. And lately, I've been feeling so uh, weak, I guess. Uh, I've been feeling, you know, just so uh, needy. You know, there's so many times in which I just feel like I'm not the person that I should be. I'm not the witness that I should be. And listen, there's nothing to do but to take it to God about everything. And God is constantly teaching us to have the knee-jerk reaction in life of going to God quickly. Not as a last resort, but a a first resort, a first thing that you do. You recognize a need, you go to God with it. Because listen, the Bible is very clear. That's who He means to be to us. Is the person that we run to, flee to about everything. That's the way a child of God is meant to, to, to live his life. Brother Patrick, are you going to say something? I was always thinking, but that's interesting that you should observe that. It was Jordan Peterson who was talking about somebody had, maybe it was their child had died or something, and she was beating herself up about it, right? right? About how what she could have done, like this and that. And he goes, well, she, he knew that uh, she, she loved her husband. Mm-hmm. So, so he goes, well, if if if... Would you be would you be saying these things to your husband? Right. Like that you did this, you didn't do that. She said, right. No, I wouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And you know the, the truth is is we're not up to the task of anything, but God is up to the task of everything. You know, the sooner we understand that equation, the better off we are. Not just us, but listen, we are meant to serve others, and we're meant to give glory to God and bring good news. And the light of Jesus Christ in our lives to those around us. So listen, we, you know, and Satan is always there and he wants to he wants to get you, you know, toiling inside of a of a circle of it's all bad and I can't do anything. I shouldn't even try. <laughs> That's just a lie from hell. Our place is to surrender our life to God and know that God is not limited in any way. Our place is to surrender our lives to him day by day. And so, and, and I have this, this verse today. I, I just thought about this today. So in Hebrews chapter 4, like you turn there with me. Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let me, let me start in uh, verse 14. So it says, Seeing then that we have a great high, pre- high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. 
Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And folks, that verse is just so perfect for our lives because I can't I, I can't say how often you might be like this, but I feel overwhelmed a lot. <laughs> Listen, the, the, the Bible's very clear. This is spelling it out again in black and white words. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help and find grace to help in time of need. Listen, the truth is, is we always need an overabundance of grace. But there are times <laughs> that things hit you like a hammer and you feel completely unable to respond to the task. Listen, this verse is spelling it out. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, that doesn't mean you come in, uh, you know, brazenly. It means you can come in without hesitation. You have an open invitation to come to God's throne as often as you want and find supernatural help from God. And listen, again, we cannot kid ourselves. There are times God is putting us in impossible situations so that we will fly to him and say, God, I need some help right now. Does that seem strange that God would put you in a situation where you know you are completely lost without his help? You bet it does. The Bible's filled with them. God wants us clinging to him. God wants us running to him with all of our hearts. And so listen, he puts this in here. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Yeah. I've said this before, but there was this pastor, when, no matter who he was talking to after church, he had a lot of people to talk to. Mm -hmm. When his son came in, he came in boldly. Because he knew that he could interrupt his dad. Right. He was fine. Amen. So. <laughs> yeah, and that's the, the, the privilege of family. Right. And God has brought us into his family. And so the, these things are meant to encourage us. And uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 4. It's go, continuing along with this theme. Acts chapter 4 in verse uh, 29. So this is after the uh, chief priests and the Pharisees have threatened them and told them, don't ever speak in the name of Jesus again. <laughs> and so in Acts chapter 49, 4, uh, 4 verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And so I think sometimes we tend to, I, I, I can't say everybody does this, but I, I feel like sometimes it might be happening that you look at these things and you think these guys were superheroes. They were super, they were supernaturally empowered. Listen, they were human beings and they were called by the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were called to be his disciples and they were and they were empowered by God to be his apostles and they were empowered by God to do the great things that they did. Listen, he is not any less God to you and I. And so listen what they prayed there. And now, Lord, behold, their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Tell me, brothers and sisters, did God answer their prayer? Did God get, grant them boldness? You bet he did. The Bible says later on in the book of Acts, they who have turned the world upside down have come here also. When God's people ask God for the ability to do what he wants them to do, God answers those prayers and does exceedingly above anything we could ask or think. 
The problem always is our lack of surrender, our lack of Lord, I am yours. Make me into the man you want me to be. And listen, this applies to every part of life. Every struggle, if you're struggling with sin, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling in any area, God is able. God is all powerful. And again, sometimes Christians believe that's true, but they don't act like it's true. And that's a problem for God's people. And so our place is to is to walk boldly in confidence in God. And that doesn't mean arrogance. It means confidence in in God. Ms. Maxine. <laughs> Sister, I think I'm talking to all of us. <laughs> I know I'm talking to me too. <laughs> so is that what James is talking about? Um, faith uh, with works. Because, you know, I believe God can do everything. Especially faith without works is dead. But for me, it's like, I don't know if the Lord really wants to do that. Well, we feel our own weakness. We feel it intimately. <laughs> We can feel every texture <laughs> and the depth of our weakness. And listen, to some extent, I mean, we can know for sure Satan wants us to feel that way. And, he, you know, even if it is not some devil whispering in your ear, listen, our old man doesn't want to serve God. <laughs> so listen, the only thing that you can do is say, Lord, help me not to listen to anybody but you. And listen again, that that applies to every area of life. Help me to listen to you, even if it's my old man, even if it's some demon whispering in my ear or a friend or a neighbor or someone you just met. Help me to listen to your voice and no other. Listen, folks, get, that is what God's teaching you and I right in here now. <laughs> Everybody in this room, listen to his voice. Believe him. And listen, Satan's very clever. He knows how to set things up that know how to hit you where you live. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> we are supposed to follow God with a childlike faith. You know, and, 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 and listen, God is able to lead us and, uh, and able to empower us to do his will. And again, that's that's what this verse in Psalm 119 is all about. Give me understanding. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. A very simple thing. You know, there's a lot of, uh, about Psalm 119. It's very simple, very straightforward. <laughs> and yet, you know, it's 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 for every one of us. Give me understanding that I may know your will. Brother Patrick. You were saying how uh, the devil hits us. And then you said they're not superheroes going back even further. Back to the apostles. Yeah. yeah I think the one one way that the devil or devils hit us is they were. They show us respect or persons in the worldly. It's always respect or persons, people of high esteem. Right. You, you treat them differently based on, you know, how right. you view them, not based on the truth. Right. So then we can take that, even just the way we've been trained, and have it hinder us. Mm -hmm. Right. From what you're saying to the Bible saying. Right. 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 And and you know, even these men, you know, praise God for the apostles. Praise God for the writers of the New Testament, but they were still just men. <laughs> they were men who were used of God. And in, in some similar ways, you know, God is calling us to be something that you and I could never be on our own. God is, is calling us to a life where he will supernaturally empower us to do things that we could never imagine. And so uh, our place is to put our confidence in him and to uh, put no confidence in the flesh. That's what Paul said. 
And so uh, as we continue on there, letter E is that I may know thy testimony. So, again, that's the last part of uh, this verse. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. And uh, letter I here is you can't you cannot be an effective servant without his word. Again, it's a no brainer. What the words that we're saying here, you can't effectively serve God without his word. But, you know, a servant can't serve his master's will, except he know what his master wants him to do. You know, and listen, this verse is saying you, you need to know what God says. You need to know his direction for your life. And again, you can get a great deal of it simply by reading the word of God and believing it. But there's so many other things. And and God is able to lead us specifically in life, lead us, you know, to make the right decisions. But it doesn't matter if you do not seek his word. If you do not seek to find out what he wants you to know, you won't find it. And so you can't be an effective servant without his word. We should seek daily to hear from him and receive marching orders every day. A couple of weeks ago when I was looking at this, I, uh, I thought about this, that when I was in the military, we showed up for muster. I was pretty much 30 seconds late to every muster, which made my military leaders absolutely insane. <laughs> so anybody who's I've gotten on your nerves because I'm late, <laughs> you ain't alone. <laughs> Anyway, we went, we, we had muster every day, every single day we had muster and we received orders uh, for the day and we went and executed them. Many believers are not showing up for muster and are missing from the work. Let me just say this again. In the military, we show up for muster. We receive orders for the day. We execute them. Many believers are not showing up for muster and they are missing from the work. Listen, again, this is a very simple thought here, but it's very true. Listen, when you and I wake up in the morning, we should show up for muster. Go to God. <laughs> Lord, I'm your man. You bought me. Listen, we, we, it is even more true for us that we are his servants than an indentured servant to a fleshly master here on earth. It is far more true for us because we have been bought, the Bible says, with a price. And that price was not money. It was not bought with corruptible things as as silver and gold, like Peter says, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, we were bought by him. And yet you and I every day wake up with this, this challenge. Let's face it. It's a little bit more challenging when there's not somebody there with immediate threatenings. If you don't do what you're supposed to do. Like me, if I knew if I would, if I didn't make it to muster, <laughs> somebody was going to go with the master arms and get me out of my rack physically. And I was going to be in cuffs at some point. <laughs> there was there was reasons why I knew I had to be at muster. And so even knowing I had to be there, I still would show up late. <laughs> so anyway, my point is, is that it's a bit more of a challenge and that we have to volitionally lay our life down at his feet. But he has bought us. We do belong to him. And this is also in addition. It's true that it, it's even true, even though we are family. I am born again. I'm a believer who's been adopted by the Lord Jesus Christ. But I am his servant. <laughs> I am his servant. And you are too. If everybody in here is born, born again, you are his servant. There's many aspects of this. We're also involved in warfare, spiritual warfare. 
Listen, there are so many reasons they go off into the horizons why it's so important for believers to get their ducks in a row and stop goofing off. <laughs> Listen, the, the adage of the military very much is apropos. <laughs> it's very appropriate because we need discipline. We need to get our, our, our mind in the mode of this life is not mine to do whatever I want. I am his. I've been bought with a price. And, you know, eternity is far more important than the nuts and bolts of this life. Which is almost meaningless. <laughs> there are important things, but they certainly do not weigh very well against eternity. And so everywhere we go, we need to understand that there are eternal things that are on the line. When you interact with people, it's not just you and a dude talking at the Walmart. There are eternal aspects to you and that person talking. And it doesn't mean we need to feel like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. The weight of the world is on Jesus' shoulders. Our place is just to seek to be his man or his woman. Listen, God has a will and there are important things going on. And yes, there is a battlefield all around us. Our place is to understand we have a part in it. We are meant to engage in warfare. And there are casualties. And there are things on the line and you and I need to get our head in the game. And realize, Lord, use me. Lord, be at work in me. Empower me. Move me. Lead me. Help me against my weakness and my old man. And, and listen, God's up to the task. If only we would surrender, if only we would wake up, show up for muster and say, Lord, I'm I'm ready to be your man today. And even just saying those things, that's not enough to get you through the day. You're going to need him every minute of the day. And that's why the Bible says talking about walking continually in communion with him. And listen, we are we're all still sinners, so we're going to make mistakes. You, you make a mistake, you sin, you confess it to God, say, Lord, help me go forward. Listen, we're all going to sin every day. All you have to do is have a thought go wrong. <laughs> so our place is to accept I'm, I'm flawed and I'm going to make mistakes. I'm, I'm a sinner and I'm going to sin. But God can give you victory and God can give you the power to lead a life that's pleasing to him. You know, David was called a man after God's own heart. And even after he said that, after God had said that about David, that was before he was even king. God had said, I've, I've chosen a man who's after my own heart and his Big sins that we had recorded for us were in the future. But even after David died, God would compare every king to him. Every king was compared to David. So listen, the point is, is and again, Satan can show up at your doorstep and remind you of your sin yesterday. <laughs> Our place is to put it in the Lord's hands. He's already died to pay the cost for that sin. He's already risen in victory over it. And so our place is to confess it, forsake it, move on. Ask God to help me not to do that ever again. And God can give you grace for every single day. And so um, you can't be an effective servant without his word. We should seek daily to hear from him and receive marching orders every day. And so uh, just a few things about that. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. So this is. This is about the work. Luke chapter 10, verse one. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place. Look at this, whither he himself would come. 
He sent his servants to the places that he himself would go. And again, that's very true for us today. <laughs> Every place that he wants us to go is a place where he himself would come. And so uh, verse two, therefore, he said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. You know, and that's a obviously the Lord told his disciples and he's telling us to pray this thing. But you can't pray that thing if you're unwilling to go yourself. <laughs> that would make you a hypocrite. <laughs> Lord, send somebody, but I ain't going. <laughs> Come on, man. That's funny. <laughs> Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And again, the Lord Jesus said the, la- the harvest truly is great. In other words, a great deal of what's being said there is there are many, many that are ready to be saved. Many that are ready to come into service to glorify the Lord. And again, we just need to be in the service. Maybe it's our job to encourage someone. Maybe it's our job to plant. Maybe it's our job to, to, to water. But whatever the case is, we're meant to be involved. <laughs> we are meant to be God's people. And, and seeking God's help to spread the good news and spread encouragement to believers, spread the, 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 the message that he once shared. And so um, then again, I want you to see this in First Samuel, chapter three, first Samuel, chapter three and verse 19. And so this is about Samuel as he is as he is serving the Lord. And um, and he's being faithful. So it says in first Samuel three nineteen, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground. So he says, and, uh, and, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did let and did let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, the word of God was precious to Samuel. In verse 20, and all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to, to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Now, again, you know, the Old Testament prophets, uh, obviously, they're very special. They're used by God in a very specific way. But listen, the same thing is also true for us. It says, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of God, or the word of the Lord. Listen, all of us should want to know the Lord better. And the best way, one of the best ways is to find him in his word. And again, there's so many times I know believers are guilty of of just diminishing the importance of being in the word of God. And listen, we there are many different ways. It doesn't just have to be preaching at church, you know, your own, your own personal devotions and listening to things that are encouraging you in the Lord and, and, and interaction with believers. The Bible says iron sharpeneth iron. There are many ways in which we need more and more and more of the word of God in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. And so uh, Samuel let none of the words of the Lord fall to the ground. They were all precious. And so, um, well, I guess we'll stop right here. That's number six. Now, I always just feel like we run off a cliff. <laughs> you know, I, I just I wish uh, I wish I was smoother. Anyway, we have a minute or two. You guys have any questions? Any thoughts? Patrick, do you, do you have your search thing on your? Yeah, yeah. You just look up the word soldier, and then look at the, maybe the first. I don't remember the first occurrence in Tim, somewhere in Timothy. Okay. 
Second Timothy, thou, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No, is there another one? Uh, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Not in Timothy. <laughs> okay, right, I, I read it in another book. Okay. Um, another book near it, I guess, or something. Okay. Well, there's, there's, John, there's John that says, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart. Acts. Um, and when the, the angel uh, which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his uh, household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And chapter 28, and uh, when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was suffered to dwell uh, by himself with a soldier that kept him. What's the context of the sentence? Is there another word we could look for in the sentence besides soldier? No, I don't know the other word. Sometimes you remember what it was about, vaguely? No, I just looked at it real quickly, and then I got on to something else and <laughs> looked at it closely enough, and I thought it was Timothy. Oh. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I have it next week. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anything else? All right, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for your word. We do thank you, Lord, for how you are able to help us, Lord, uh, to be the people you want us to be. And we do pray that you'd help us, uh, Lord, at the very beginning of the day and throughout the day. Help us, Lord, to to seek your face and to seek your help and that we might be your people. That we might uh, be the, the people that would bring glory to you and uh, serve you and, and be the and be doing your will in this world. And we pray for your blessing on everyone here tonight. You keep us safe and bring us home safe tonight. Bless our brothers and sisters who couldn't be here tonight. And we do thank you and ask your blessing on all the prayer requests that were mentioned. We do pray for our country, for your mercy upon us. And, Lord, you deliver us from people who would take our freedoms and our rights from us. Or, um, or Lord, that we're, Lord, just so much injustice is happening. We pray that you please help us and deliver us and our country. And thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Sometimes I'll look for something.